Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode number nine of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Johnson, and today I want to give you 10 benefits and reasons why you should study the Word of God. Let's dive in. Most Christians understand that the Word of God is essential and foundational to the life of a Christian. Today, I want to give you 10 benefits and reasons why you should study God's Word. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know, I am going to read a lot of scriptures, but all of these scriptures are listed in the show notes for this episode. For a full list of the passages and the 10 benefits, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 009 for episode number nine. Now let's get started. Here are 10 benefits and reasons why you should study God's word according to the word of God. Number one. When we study God's word, it literally grows and causes maturity in our lives. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says this, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now from the passage, we obviously recognize the fact that when we desire the pure milk of the word of God, it causes growth in our lives. Now, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, kind of takes it one step further. The writer of Hebrews says this, Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is still a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What's really interesting about this passage is the fact that when we desire the pure milk of the word, the writer of Hebrews says, well, that's great, but you're still a babe, that we should desire solid food, which is one of the reasons why I recommend studying God's word. See, it's not just we, we 
go to church on Sunday or we listen to a sermon or, or we even just read the Bible, that's all great. And that is really important. But when I study the word of God myself, I'm ingesting solid food. I'm diving deep and I'm gaining the richness and the depth of the word myself. Now, the writer of Hebrews 5, again, says, as it goes on, solid food belongs to those who are full of age. In other words, they've come to a position of maturity and who, by reason, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying is the sign of maturity in the Christian life is one who doesn't go just have the, the milk of the word, but is eating the solid food of the word and, because of that, is able to discern both good evil and evil. So again, number one, studying God's word causes growth and maturity in our lives. Number two, studying God's word causes spiritual effectiveness in our lives. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time looking at this, but let me just give you a couple quick word studies. The word there for doctrine or, or teaching is actually the idea of thinking. The word there for rebuke or reproof has this idea of that which defines boundaries. Correction in this case means to purify, to cleanse, or to conform us to a will. And training in righteousness is basically the revelation of how we are to live. So listen to what Paul is telling Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, you realize that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. He's the one that's writing it. And is profitable profitable for thinking, for, for doctrine, for defining boundaries in our life, which is the reproof, to help purify, cleanse, and conform us to his will, which is the idea of correction, and to reveal how we are to live which is the training in righteousness. Now you really realize all of that is like culminating in this idea that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So why do I get into God's word? Why do I study it? It's because all scripture is like breathed by God. It's like given by inspiration of him. It is like written by him. Yes, God used men to literally write the words, but he's the one who's giving them the words. They're literally carried along by the Holy Spirit. And those words are profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow, that's just an incredible idea. Number three, God's word gives us guidance and wisdom. In other words, it is the source of truth. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now we understand it's not talking about a literal light. We don't carry the Bible in front of us down a dark path, assuming it's going to be a, you know, turn on and be a light. The idea is that the word of God is our guidance and our wisdom. It it gives light to our feet. It shows us where we are to walk. It's, it's that source of truth in our lives. Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, that you may observe to do all according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
God looks at Joshua and says, Joshua, this word, this, this, this word, this scripture shall not depart from your mouth, but rather you shall meditate upon it day and night and observe to do everything in it. For then your way will be prosperous and you will have good success. God's basically telling Joshua, Joshua, in this book of the law, in, in this word, in this scripture, is the place of truth, guidance, and wisdom. If you want to seek wisdom in this world today, the one place to find it is not Dr. Phil. It's not Oprah. It's not the latest pop psychology. It's in the word of God. It is the source of truth. It is the source of guidance for our lives. Number four, the word of God trains us in righteousness and purity. Psalm 118 verse 9 and 11 says this, how can a young man cleanse his way? Or in other words, how can a young man keep his way pure? And here's the answer. It goes on and says, by taking heed according to your word. So how, how does a young man stay pure? How does a young man literally walk in righteousness? Oh, they take heed, they obey your word. Verse 11 then says this, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you realize that when we hide God's word in, in our hearts, it literally helps us not to sin. Hey, when temptation confronts us, when we study and memorize and know God's word, it literally allows us to literally confront that temptation, that, that work of the enemy, and it literally allows us, it helps us, it equips us, it, it trains us in righteousness and in purity. Number five, studying God's word gives us tremendous delight and joy. Again, Psalm 119, verse 15 and 16 says this, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. One of the things I love about Psalm 119 is, though it is the longest chapter of the entire Bible, the whole thing is focused on the word of God and the delight and the satisfaction and the joy we have inside of it. Again, Psalm 119, verse 15 and 16 says, I will meditate on your precepts. Oh, I will contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Do you have that with the word of God? Do you meditate on its precepts? Do you contemplate its ways? Do you delight yourself in the passages? Do you not forget his word? That is the life of a Christian. One who takes great delight in the word. And what's interesting is, as you get into the word, getting into the word through reading and study and memorization causes delight. If the Bible right now is, is kind of a dusty old book that's just like, boy, that is so boring and dry, I encourage you, start to read and study it. Because the more you begin to study God's word and see the illumination of who he is contained within it, oh, it causes a tremendous, phenomenal delight that cannot be extinguished. Psalm 16, verse 8 and 11 says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you recognize that God is the word? It says in John 1, 1 that Jesus is the word. And isn't it an amazing thought 
that in his presence, in the presence of the word, is fullness of joy. When I spend time in the word and I spend time in his presence, literally the fullness of joy is experienced. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So oftentimes we are looking for joy and pleasure in everything but God. We, we get home at the, after a long day and all we want to do is watch a, you know, watch a movie and, and zonk out or, or, hey, we want to turn to sports or, hey, we want to turn to drugs or whatever that, whatever that thing is that the world looks to to find a fullness of joy. And yet, truly, the Bible says the fullness of joy is found in one place and it is in his presence. Psalm 19.10 says this, Scripture is to be desired more than gold. Yes, even more than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. I love this passage. And it's this idea that if you were to be offered a million dollars or the word of God, you should take the word of God because it is to be desired more than the gold. There's such richness in it that the writer of Psalm 19 even says it is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Now, that may not make sense in our culture today, but for them, this was the sweetest thing they had. They had dates, which obviously is a very sweet fruit, but they also had honey. Now, let me give you a translation, if I may. I don't know if you've ever had the Lint Dark Chocolate Balls. Uh, the Lint Dark Chocolate Balls are those balls that you bite into, and it's like somehow they've created it where you where it like bursts in the middle and it just becomes liquid chocolate in your mouth. Oh, it's so phenomenal. Let me read it this way. Scripture is to be desired more than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. And sweeter is the word of God than even Lint Dark Chocolate Balls that explode in your mouth when you eat them. That the word of God is just, oh, it's rich, it's sweet, it's so phenomenal, and we should seek and desire it. Why? Because it brings delight and joy in our life. Oh, that's amazing. John 15, 11 says this, These things I have spoken to you, says Jesus, that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. The living word, who is Jesus himself, is speaking words to us. And, and he says, I've spoken to you, He's given us his word. Why? That his joy may remain in us and that our joy may be full. The sixth reason why I should study God's word is because it gives me an assurance of salvation. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says this, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of God of the Son of God. John says, do you realize that I'm writing the word of God so that you would believe in Jesus and that by believing you would know that you have eternal life? Do you know that you have eternal life? Because if not, John says the reason he's even writing to you, which is the word of God, is that you would know, number one, you'd believe in the name of the Son of God, but two, that you would know that you have eternal life and thereby continue to believe in the name of Jesus. John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Again, why is John writing the book of John? He says, I'm writing the word of, of the Lord so that you would believe in Jesus and know that in him, that in the belief of Jesus, and by the way, belief here is not just some mental ascent. It's an embracing of a person. It's relationship and intimacy, as John chapter 17, verse 3 says. 
But by believing in Jesus, having relationship and intimacy with Jesus, you might have life. So studying God's word, knowing his word, just confirms and gives us an assurance of salvation. Number seven, it's for our sanctification and for cleansing. John 15, three says this, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. John 17, 17 says, Jesus is praying. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Do you realize that God's word is truth? And that literally through that truth, he is sanctifying and he is cleansing us because of this word which he has spoken to us. Number eight, that the word of God gives us peace. John 16, 33 says this, These things I have spoken to you, says Jesus, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, what an incredible reality. Jesus says, I'm literally giving you my word. Why, why am I giving you? Why am I spoken to you? Oh, that you may have peace in me. Literally in the living word. Number nine. His word helps us in prayer. John 15, seven says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Interesting thought. But when I'm in Jesus and his word is in me, somehow that enables the prayer life that I have, that when I'm literally asking according to his word, it shall be done. Number 10, the word of God really helps and enables me to have victory and success. First John chapter two, verse 14, John says, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. What's interesting here is it seems like the strength and the overcoming of the wicked one is all contingent upon this idea that the word of God abides in you. Do you realize that when the word of God abides in us, it literally makes us strong and literally undergirds us for victory and success in our lives? Oh, what an incredible thought. Again, Joshua 1.8, I read it earlier, but Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, well, for then what? Oh, when I, when I meditate upon it day and night, when it does not depart my mouth, then my way will be made prosperous and then I will have good success. Now, we're not talking prosperity gospel. We're not talking about, well, if I live according to the word, I'll get mansions and lots of money in a new, in a new car. That's not what it's saying. But do you realize that when I live according to the word, when it does not depart my mouth and when I meditate upon it day and night, it literally <clears throat> gives me wisdom, victory, success. It makes my way prosperous. I find that my life has triumph and victory. Why? Because I'm living according to the word. I'm living in obedience to the word, which is one of victory and triumph, that God does not want my life to be one of defeat. He wants my life to be one of victory and peace and freedom and joy and hope. It is to be a declaration of the power, the mighty hand of God upon my life, that someone looks at my life and says, oh, I have to have what you have. And my life is a testimony of who he is. 
that the word enables me to have victory and success. So those are 10 benefits or reasons why you should study God's word. But let me give you a bonus one. So number 11, you should study God's word to know Jesus. It's an interesting thought, but John 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Speaking about Jesus, we understand that Jesus is the living word. Yeah, we call him the living word. And we recognize that the Bible, we, we call the Bible the written word. And you recognize that there is a, there's a relationship between the living word, Jesus, and the written word, the Bible. Now we understand the written word is the written word and the living word is the living word. That the Bible is not Jesus and Jesus is not the Bible. I understand. But one of the things we do often say is when Jesus came to earth, it's like he took the word of God, the Bible, and literally put some skin on it and lived this thing out. That when you see the life of Jesus, you are seeing the embodiment or the living out of God's word. And that's certainly a true reality. But you, but you realize that if I want to know the living word better, that I must be in the written word. Hey, if I want to get to know Jesus more intimately, if I, if I want to have better relationship and intimacy with him, I have to be in the word. And I don't just get into the word for information. I get into the word to know a person. I get into the word for intimacy and relationship. That, hey, if I want to spend time with Jesus, the primary way of doing that, yes, I should pray. Yes, I should spend time in community. Yes, I should go to church. But the primary way of spending time with Jesus is getting into his word. So I encourage you, perhaps the strongest, most important reason why you should study and get into the word of God is to know the word of God himself and his name is Jesus. Well, that's what I long for you. I desire that you would get into God's word for yourself. I, I pray that, that you have a hunger and a thirst, a delight that comes from knowing Jesus in the word. Again, here are just 10 simple reasons or benefits from the word of God for why you should study it. Again, let me just do a quick review. Number one, because it causes growth and maturity in your life. Number two, it causes spiritual effectiveness. Number three, it gives guidance and wisdom. It is the source of truth. Number four, the word of God trains us in righteousness and purity. Number five, the word produces delight and joy in our lives. Number six, it gives us an assurance of salvation. Number seven, it helps sanctify and cleanse us. Number eight, it gives us peace. Number nine, it helps us in prayer. Number 10, it gives us victory and success. And the bonus number 11, the reason why I study God's word, the reason why I get into his pages is to know the living word himself. And his name is Jesus. Hey, I encourage you, if you don't have a study plan, Hey, if you're not reading the word, I encourage you, please, please, please get into God's word because through it, you will not only find delight and joy in Jesus, but he will reveal himself from every page of scripture and he wants you to know him. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. In fact, Hebrews eleven six has this idea that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including all the scripture references that I read and other great resources and articles, please visit deeperchristian.com 
forward slash 009 for episode number nine. Until next time, know I'm cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.